right. Welcome to church. How you guys doing today? Fantastic. Born this way. Turn to your neighbor and ask them, were you born that way? Ask them, were they born that way? Lots of times we struggle with the way that we're born, don't we? And lots of times we're in search uh, for significance. We're in search for the meaning of life. We're in search for how do we make a difference and how do we become who God has created us to be. You know, the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 1, that God created human beings, both male and female, in his image. He created them in his image so that they could rule and reign over the earth and they could permeate his presence throughout the earth. In other words, they could be a reflection of who he is in the earth. But the Bible tells us in the very first three chapters of the beginning story, in the beginning, in the book of Genesis, that the male and the female wandered away from God. They chose to go their own way instead of doing life God's way. They they chose to make a, a decision to do what God didn't ask them to do and be, and they followed a different voice than the voice of their creator and the greatness of who their creator created them to be. And they went their own way. The Bible refers to that as sin, going our own way. The Bible refers to that as missing the mark of God's glorious standard. And if we go to the New Testament, the Bible says we have all gone our own way. We have all missed the mark of God's glorious standard. And so... The age-old question of, are people born that way? Are they born with a certain sexuality preference? Are they born uh, to think a certain way or be a certain way? The answer to that question is, yes, they are born that way. However, you know what? The, The truth of the matter is, though someone is born with a sin nature... Bible says we're born into a world that sin has entered and we have a sin nature that we have inherited from Adam and Eve, that first man and that first woman who disobeyed God. We have that nature when we're born. We have a tendency to go our own way and do our own thing and sin has entered the world. And though we are born with the nature to do our own thing, the Bible says God has sent a liberator to free us from sin, doing life our way, and we can come into his presence and do life his way and then rise up and be everything he has created us to be in this life. So turn to your neighbor and ask him again, are you born that way? Ask him, were they born that way? The struggle with the sin nature is real. It's real for you and it's real for me. 
Because we have had sin to enter this world. But my friends, I need you to know, though we are born that way, there is another way. And God has created a way for us to be able to get on the right path, rise up, and be everything he has created us to be. Though we're born one way, we don't have to stay that way. We can know the way that God has created for us to live. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 is where we're going to kind of camp out for a few minutes today. And so if you have your Bibles with you, I invite you to open it up to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And I'm going to skip down to the end of that chapter and some of the latter verses, and I'm going to read a couple of verses from there, and then that's where we'll take off, and I believe that God's going to do something fabulous and magnificent in the human heart today, in people's life from all over the place and from different backgrounds, and he's going to really liberate some people around the world through this this service is going to be amazing. You know, this week my back was itching and I wanted to scratch it. Anybody ever had a uh, uh, itch that you wanted to scratch and you couldn't get to it? You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm 51 years old now and I'm six foot six and I'm not quite as flexible as I once was. And so that, 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 itch was in a place in my back I just couldn't get get to. And I'm telling you, because I had an itch, I was searching for everything to scratch my itch. Anybody know that feeling? You know what I'm saying? When you're just itching. And, and the thing about an itch, you'll do whatever you can to get that itch scratched. Or you know what, you'll find somebody else to scratch the itch. Lo and behold, my wife just wasn't around and, you know, I never know how she's going to like scratch me if I ask her to scratch me where she's going to be like mad at me or happy with me. So I didn't really want to ask her to scratch my itch anyway. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Anybody ever been stung by a bee. There's probably some people here today in this, a crowd this size that is allergic to bee stings. And, you know, bee sting hurts. It's painful, right? And if you get stung in a, in a place that you can't scratch, oh, that makes it even worse. And you'll be like, somebody get this stinger out of me. Because it is making me itch, it's making me swell up, it's making me fester up, and I got an itch that's got to be scratched. So this week, whenever I had the itch in my back that needed to be scratched, I got up against the corner of the wall, you know what I'm saying? Because I didn't have one of them little fancy uh, back scratcher things with little claws on it. Man, I... I, I got up against that wall and I rubbed my back and I got, you know, I just, oh, trying to ease the pain. You know what I'm saying? But, but that's what happens with this nature we have. 
this, this sin nature we have. Understand how powerful it is. And, and the nature that has entered into human beings, the sin nature, when we have an itch, we'll do whatever we can to get that itch scratched. And people are searching for all kinds of things to scratch their itch, their desire in their heart. And that's why they go their own way. And the further you get away from God, the further you will go your own way. And it will carry you down a path because you just start disking the one that can get the stinger out of you. And you begin to move on your own, in your own way. And you're trying everything to scratch your itch. And the Bible says that there's a way to have your itch scratched if you'll just choose to have fellowship with the one who will scratch your itch. Listen to what 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the writer here, Paul, says after the ascension of Christ. He's already come to earth. He's already died on a cross. He's already paid the price of for sin. He's ascended to heaven. Paul was a persecutor of Christians. He didn't, he didn't like Christians. He later becomes a Christian. Then he writes a church at Corinth. And this is the letter of 1 Corinthians. And this is what it says. It says, for sin is the sting. Everybody say sting. That results in death. Sin will make you itch. Sin will make you want to get your itch scratched. And it says, and the law gives sin its power. Pay close attention. The law of God, the law that he gave Moses gives the itch more power. What? Yeah, it, it makes you realize how bad the itch is. Because when you look at the law of God and the perfection of God and you got an itch in your life and you're like, man, I got this itch, but, but I can't do anything about my itch, then the law is designed to show you that you got an itch and you need to keep searching because you got an itch in your life, in your heart, a desire, and you haven't found it yet. And the Bible says that so the law gets the itch more power. Wow. I find that fascinating. So, so the religious law, that God created gives the sin that is in you more power when you look at your sin nature. The Bible goes on to say this. The writer says, but, but who's going who's gonna to fix my itch? He says, but thank God. Though sin gives, or the law gives sin its power, he gives us, God gives us victory over sin and death through the Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. So, so see, if you are a law keeper, the law is good. It is amazing. It is the very nature and character of God, and it is phenomenal. But I know this because I've tried to keep the law of God my own self and begin to lift myself up and get my itch scratched, my desire in my heart by the law, by doing all the right things, trying to say the, all the right things. And, and can I tell you something? It 
has never satisfied the itch. I just kept realizing that there's something deeper inside of me that, you know what, the law can't heal. Did you know that? The law of God is not going to heal the bee sting. It is not going to heal the, sin, the, 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 the sting of sin in your life. And it's, it's not the ointment. It's not potent enough. It has no power in it to heal your broken heart. It has no power in it to heal you going your own way. And so as you live in a world that begins to scratch your itch, a culture, you're around uh, maybe some religious people, Maybe it's a culture of people. Maybe it's a tongue. Maybe it's a family. Maybe it's a, you know, what's popular today. And you're like, well, maybe that'll fix my itch. And so I'll just do what everybody else is doing. I'll do what culture's doing. And when it don't work out, sometimes we get to the bottom of our own self and the culture and then, that allows us to cry out to the one who can send the healing power to scratch your itch. But can I tell you something? Until you discover that the law cannot heal your itch, going to church cannot heal your itch, doing all the right things yourself cannot heal, heal the itch, whether you are gay, whether you are lesbian, as the song said, or whether you are straight. God created you in his image, and no matter what you are choosing in your own way, can I tell you that it is you choosing which way to go instead of inviting God into your life and letting him distinguish who you are and tell you who you are and what your purpose is. And can, when you keep going down that own path, you need to understand that God didn't create you that way. He created you in his image. God didn't give you a nature to a sin. Sin entered the world and your first man and first woman gave you a nature that's bent towards that sin. But God says it will not be and I will send a healer and, and he will come into the world and he will fix your problem. Oh. Live in a culture. We live we live in a nation here in America that it's about doing your own way. It's about doing your own thing. It's about belonging to a group that can be a little bit louder than the other group. And we call that freedom. My friend, freedom is not the group you belong to. Freedom is knowing who your creator says you are and getting in a group of people who let their creator tell them who they are and gathering together to carry out his purpose in this earth. Freedom will never be found in your group. 
freedom is found in Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus alone. And can I tell you the reason religions go to war with one another, religions, is simply because they haven't discovered freedom. And they believe that their way is the only way and the way of, of, of what they are thinking. And God says, no, I'm sending one who will make a new way and scratch everyone's itch who desires to come and have fellowship with me through my offering. And can I tell you, you can try every religion underneath the name of the Son. You can even try this cultural religion we call Christianity. But I'm here to tell you, it will not scratch your itch. The Bible says there's one who will change your life. And there's one who won't only scratch your itch, but he'll actually pull the stinger out of you so you are free to live life as he intends for you to live. The Bible says sin is the sting unto death. But I need you to know today This is the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, what I'm getting ready to tell you. The power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ is he didn't come to die on a cross and resurrect from a grave to patch you up. He came to remove the penalty of sin that was given to humanity in the garden through the first man and the first woman. He came to forgive it and pay the price on a cross for every sin humanity has ever uh, ever committed, will commit, or is committing. This is the power of God in Christ Jesus and his blood shed on a cross. And my friend, the Bible says that blood shed on that cross was good for all time, for all people who would believe in this Jesus to forgive sin, your past, your present, and your future. It was good enough for God. So why don't you let that blood be good enough for you and pay the high price? That God came to pay for you. But not only did he die on a cross. Man, I don't need you to miss the second part of the good news about Jesus. This thing we stand up and talk about every week. And it was called a resurrection. And the Bible says he resurrected from a grave. Though sin was like a stinger and it stung Jesus. And it's the stinger unto death. 
The Bible says that he was the power of God. He inhabited God. He is God. And the Bible says that, you know what? He defeated the stinger. He defeated sin. He defeated death. He resurrected from a grave so he could offer the same power, the healing ointment to every person in 2018 that will come to Barefoot Church so that they could know the way. It's the power of the gospel. And see, though you have gone your own way and you are making your own choices according to culture and your skin and your own desires, my friend, I do believe there's a healer that will forever change your life. And we're all bent towards the sin nature. I've got one too. We all do. Your kids have the sin nature. Parents have the sin nature. You have the sin nature. The man down the street has the sin nature. The woman, you know, in Walmart has the sin nature. You're like, no joke. And Paul had the sin nature, the one who wrote that that passage of Scripture. And he says, what in the world am I going to do? Listen to what he says in Romans. This is amazing. He's battling with the sin nature. And I want you to listen to what he says because you're like, well, well, but, but I feel like I want to be this way. I know, I feel like I want to be a certain way sometimes too. You know? A lot of times when somebody says something, something cross to me, I feel like punching them in the teeth. That's the sin nature. And I'm being serious. So some people, some people fight, some people are flight when, when something steps on your toes and feelings. And, and my nature is to fight. And, and what I mean by that, and I have, I have a tendency to light into you, and I struggle with this every single day because I've got the compassion of Jesus in my heart. I've got the very living nature of God living in my life. But I'm telling you right now, I live in this flipping skin right here that I battle every day. And you know, it wants to punch you in the mouth, but God says, no, you can't punch him in the mouth. Look what my word says. You can't do what you feel like doing. Do who I've created you to be and become that. And I'm in this, I'm in this kind of fix. Anybody else in that fix? Oh, yeah. Well, listen, it's real. And, and this is what it says in Romans 7. The one who said what he said, who, who will remove the stinger, he said this. He says, so the trouble is not with the law. Remember, he says the law gives sin its power. He says, so the trouble is not with the law, for it is spiritual and good. He says, the trouble's with me. Turn to your neighbor and ask them, were they born that way? Ask them, were they born that way? Tell them that's the trouble. That's the trouble. Go ahead and tell them that's the trouble. That's what the writer says. Trouble's with me. He says, for I am all too human, a slave to sin. Wow. He says, I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I, I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. 
But if I know that what I am doing is wrong, that shows that I agree that the law is good. The law has defined that something's right and something's wrong. So I'm agreeing that the law is good. He says, so I am not the one doing wrong. It is a sin living in me that does it. He says, and I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. He said, I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. He says, but if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing wrong. It is the sin living in me that does it. So what he's saying in this whole context right here is the law, this law of God that he tried so hard to keep, he studied about it, he lived it out. He was a a Jewish person. He tried to keep all of this law. He was top of his class. He says, man, you know, the problem ain't with the law. He says the problem is, is I haven't discovered what the law does and the law shows me that the problem is with me. The law can't, can't prepare me. And the truth is, though I try to keep the law, I was born this way. I was born with the struggle. I was born into sin. Let's continue reading. He says, I've discovered this principle in life. That when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. He said, I love God's law with all of my heart. This is a man that loved the commandments of God. He did not hate them. He loved them with all of his heart. He says, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. The power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Look what he says, verse 24. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Oh, what a miserable person I am. He gets to a place where he says, I tried to keep the law. I tried to do what was right. I did everything I knew to do. I went to school. I got the education. I was morally sound. And if there was ever a great Jewish person, he says, I am that person. He says, if there was ever one that followed the law as close as you could follow it, man, I am that person. He says, but I still got an itch that I need to have scratched and I just can't get the stinger out. What do I do? Oh, I'm a miserable person. Maybe that's where you are today. Your sin may have carried you down a wayward path. You got to a place that you decided to get your itch scratched somewhere else. So you moved from being wayward striving to do everything right like the apostle Paul and you're miserable you say preacher how do you know I'm miserable because I've struggled with the same thing we all do 
We either continue down a wayward path and diss God completely because sin leads to death. And we just begin to harden our heart and say there is no God. And by the mercy of God, you'll probably get to a place in your life where you hit rock bottom and you say, there's got to be another way. I spoke to a, had a conversation with a gentleman yesterday who, who flies army helicopters all over the world. Me and him were in a conversation. He's been deployed numerous times. He says, man, I've tried to do the right thing. I've been really wavered, and I've tried to do this. I've tried to do that. And he said, five years ago, he said, I discovered I had an itch that I couldn't scratch. Though I went from being over here to this kind of person, to over here trying to be this kind of person, he says, it was when I was a miserable person and I got to the bottom of my barrel and I finally just pulled off to the side of the road and said, God, surrender can you help me the Bible says that God had mercy on people down through the history and God had mercy on him that day and my friend I need you to know that today God will have mercy on you too the struggle's real and we don't do church to bring condemnation to you. We do church to bring good news to you. And though this writer here says, man, I tried to do everything right and there was no way. He says, and I'm, I'm just totally miserable. He says, he says, who, who will deliver me? And look what he says. It's amazing to me. He says, who will free me from this Life that is dominated by sin and death. This life, this, this, this place I am. And he answers the question. He says, thank God. The answer is Jesus Christ our Lord. So you see how it is, he says? In my mind, I really want to obey God's law. But because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. And so... He's basically saying, I have found the way out, but in my mind, there's always this battle. Do I do what I used to do and what I want to do when I had the mind of the sin nature, or do I do what I know to do what is right now because I have the mind of Christ? He says, I'm, I'm kind of in this battle, and he learns to choose because Christ Jesus has come to remove the stinger. He's learned to choose the way that Christ Jesus paints and begin to live out the new nature that God, God has given him. But the struggle was still real because when he was born into this earth, he was born into sin. And he was born into sin that shapes 
everything about us. And his flesh was sinful. And he had been practicing things against God his entire life. However, God had healed him through Christ Jesus and he was working out his new nature that was given to him by God that could only be given to him by God. He couldn't earn it himself or do anything. He was working that out. So he learned how to use the old nature to help the new nature. And and that's what I want to talk to you about for just a second. Because a lot of us are like, well, my old nature... That's, that's the way I just kind of gonna go with what I used to be. No, I know it's a battle, but can I tell you, you can turn what you used to be and what you're feeling, you can let that turn your heart to who God, if you have believed in Christ Jesus, says you are, and now you have a choice to either believe the new nature that God has deposited in you through the power of his Holy Spirit because you have believed on Jesus Christ or you have, you have the choice to choose the old nature and who you used to be. But if you will learn that though you are stung and though you have a thorn sticking you, so to say, there is a God who can put his healing power on that wound and now you can take that thorn and turn it to positive energy towards God because now you know who God is and you're letting the Spirit of God train you up and you can take the old way and let it turn you towards the new way. This is what the writer says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, the same guy, Paul, look what he says. He says, though I've, he says, I'm one, he says, I'm one that have seen outrageous things, revelations from God. I was carried up into the heaven. This is the place where he says, you know, I don't know if I was in the body, in the earth suit or out of the earth suit. All I know is I was meeting with God. He says, man, I, I've, I've experienced some incredible revelation." And he says, though I've received so much wonderful revelations from God, He says, so to keep me from becoming proud, thinking I'm doing it, look what it says. He says, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. The Bible says he asked numerous times, God, remove this thorn. Remove this, remove this. The Bible says God didn't remove the thorn, the messenger of Satan that stuck him with the stinger. He, he let it stay there enough so Paul wouldn't begin to think that he was doing it on his own over here. He, he was uh, kind of still feeling just to remind him that, you know, don't become proud over here because of, of, of who you used to be and now who you've become. Become proud because of the one who came and gave you uh, and healed your heart and gave you a new spirit and his name is Jesus be be proud of him and he says man I'm gonna I'm gonna let you struggle with this so you keep coming back to Jesus and some of us wonder why we still struggle so you can keep coming back to Jesus 
So you can keep coming back to the healing power of the blood and the spirit of God and fill yourself up with God's spirit on a daily basis. Keep coming back to Jesus and understand the healing power of God only comes through Christ Jesus. And Paul battled with this just like everyone does. And you know, people are always asking these theological questions. And that's cool. I don't know how to answer every one of them. But can I tell you, when a, when, when a, when a question is proposed and it's a genuine question, some people just try to you know, test to see if you've got the Bible memorized or something. But, but, and I don't know for what reason, but when I'm proposed a question, this is how the Spirit of God works. You know, think about that question. I want to encourage you to do the same thing. And I began to not just take my own personal opinion about the question or what I was taught since I was knee-high to a grasshopper about the question. I go to his word. And my friend, I want you to understand I've been birthed anew because of only what Christ Jesus has done in my life. And my friend, as soon as I was birthed anew in Christ Jesus, God dumped his spirit into my life. And as I go on this journey and I study his word, I want you to know it is not my old nature that illuminates these theological things to me. It's God's word partnered with the new nature that he has deposited in me that speaks to my spirit. And the struggle is real, but I got the audacity to believe what God has said and what his spirit is nudging me to do and go into his word and search it out myself. See, that's where we all need to get to. But what we want to do is go to everybody and say, hey, fix my problem. Fix my itch. I I need some scratching. Come on, scratch me, preacher, scratch me. And I do the best I can. But I got to tell you right now, I can't heal your itch. Your mama can't heal your itch. Your religion can't heal your itch. The physician can't heal your itch. I'm talking about that deep desire in you that is searching for the God of the universe, searching for who God says you are. And he is the one that sent Jesus to heal your itch and remove the stinger from your life so you can begin to have the knowledge of God, the mind of Christ, and move forward with your life. But just going to church doing the religious thing, even doing your daily Bible reading. My friends, those things don't heal your brokenness. It's amazing to me in John 8 what Jesus told a broken woman who the lawgivers had said 
that she was a sinful woman, and they were right. But they were also sinful people. They brought her before Jesus one day when he was walking around in the flesh, and they threw him at Jesus' feet. And they said, Jesus, this woman has committed adultery in the law that we follow says that we can put her to death. What do you say, Jesus? The Bible says Jesus didn't say anything. He just kneels down and begins to draw in the sand. And he stands up and he asks those people who ask that question. Because that's what the law says. So the one of you without sin, go ahead and throw the first rock. And the Bible says they drop those stones and they walk away from the woman. Now here's the amazing part of the passage. She met Jesus, the one that could pull the stinger out and heal her life, and though she was a lawbreaker and though she was an adulterous woman, the people didn't bring her to Jesus. They wanted to put her to death because of the sin that ruled and reigned in them too. Jesus wanted to give her life. And what's interesting is the Bible says that after Jesus sends them away, Jesus looks at the woman and says, where is your accusers now? And he says something remarkable. He says, now that you've met me, the one that can heal your life, the one that removes the stinger, he says, go and sin. My friends, that is a remarkable statement because what Jesus is telling the woman now, you know who I say you are. You're not who you think you are. You're not who, who those, those men you were committing adultery with says you are. You're not trying to find your beauty in all of that. You're not trying to find your beauty in your selfish desire. You're not trying to find out who you are by the law keepers. You have come to my feet today, lady. And you know what? I sent the accusers away and I healed your broken heart and I removed the stinger from your life. Get up, lady, and go and sin no more. You don't have to stay that way because I am the way and because I am the way and you put your faith and belief in me today you know what though you were born this way you don't have to stay this way because I am the way of God and I have come into earth to touch the human heart so that they will know God's amazing love his incredible grace his phenomenal mercy come to him and let the power of the Holy Spirit begin to teach them on their journey every single day I gotta ask you people today do you you know this God? Do you know this Jesus? Has he removed the stinger from your life? Because if not, my friend, this is what being born again, birth anew, is all about. Because this Jesus came into this earth to born people anew. The struggle's real. The struggle's real. The struggle's real. But if you are struggling, whether you are religious today or whether you are wayward, yes, you were born with a sin nature. But there is one who came to reinstate your God nature. And he will change your life. 
So whether you're religious or whether you are wayward, let this passage speak to you. And it's where a religious man came to Jesus in the middle of the night. His name is Nicodemus, highly religious. And look what the Bible says. John chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. It says, there was a man named Nicodemus. He was a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. Probably a lot like this Paul guy we've been talking about. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, Nicodemus, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, born anew, though you were born one time to your natural parents, would you like to be born again to your heavenly father? He says, Jesus replied, Nicodemus, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus says, what do you mean? How can an old man back into his mother's womb and be born again? So so Jesus is speaking metaphorically here. However, you know, Nicodemus is taking him in this literal sense like, Jesus, that's humanly impossible for somebody to climb back up in their mama and get back in their womb and be born again. missing the whole point. I don't need you to crawl back up in the flesh and get born again. I need you to trust the spirit that will come into your broken heart and birth you anew. Look look what Jesus says. Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and of the spirit. You're born in the natural the first time. You're born to human flesh the first time. You're born when your mama breaks that water, little child. He says, but you know what? You can be born anew just like your mother's water broke and you come into the earth. Now, you know what? God's spirit has broke and will come into your heart and birth you brand spanking new and give you living life. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to the spiritual life. Wow. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again, Jesus says. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind. But can I, he says, just as you can hear the wind, but can't tell where it comes from or where it is going. So you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. And Nicodemus again asked, how are these things possible? And my friend, these things are possible by faith. Faith in who Jesus is and what he says and what he came to do. The evidence is real. And the Spirit of God is still hovering. He's hovering right here in this room today. The Spirit of God is moving down the aisles. He's moving from one side of the room to the other. He's coming down your road. He's tapping people on the shoulder different ways, young and old. I can't explain it just like I can't see this wind coming out of this pipe right now. I can't see the Spirit of God because no man has ever seen God, but I have 
known who Jesus is. And just like I know that's an air conditioner blowing on my back right now, that wind's coming down. And, and I can begin to understand that that's wind. I understand the Spirit because I've been walking with the Spirit. And He's roaming around this room right now. Some of you have been born of the water for a long time. You've been born to your earthly parents. You've been born in the flesh for a long time. You've been trying hard to do the right thing. It's probably why some of you are even in church today. You just want to do the right thing. My friend, doing the right thing is is good and morally sound. I need you to know today that the Spirit of God is drawing men into the heavenly Father today through this Christ Jesus. And no matter how many more times you come or how many times you try to do the right thing, what the Spirit is saying is today, would you come to Jesus, the way maker, the one who makes a way when there is no other way, when you put your faith in him. So if you're tired, you're worn out, you're beat down, and you're tired of struggling with the sin nature, would you let the Spirit birth you anew today so you can have the God nature? And then begin to battle that sin nature every day when you walk. This this is the living water, my friend. This is uh, the living God of the universe. And and he's looking, he's seeking, he's searching for, for people's heart to land in today. No, he won't land in everybody's heart today because everybody won't receive him. I believe there's got to be one or two here today that need the Spirit in their life. So if that is you today, maybe where you sit, pray a prayer like this. Could everybody bow their heads, please? Say, God, I'm tired of going my own way. God, I'm tired of doing life the way that I think it should be done, the way TV says it should be done, the way culture says it should be done. Tell God you're tired of going with your fleshly feelings. And tell God today you have been awoken to there's a better way. There's a new way. There's a way that comes only through what he sent into this earth and his name is Jesus. My friend, I don't care how young, how old, how many times you haven't been to church or have been to church. I don't care what your religious background is. I don't care what... You know what? Your preference is God accepts you right where you are today. But make no mistake about it. He's not a God who will leave you where you are. He's a God who will begin to speak to you by the power of his spirit on a daily basis so that you can align yourself with him and begin to live out your purpose for all eternity. So that is you today. Say, God, you're welcome. Come into my life. Meet me right where I'm at today. Because I believe today the blood of Jesus, the power of his resurrection is what gives me life-giving spirit that comes from above. My friend, if you said that prayer, I want to say welcome to the family of God. We're not going to leave yet because when there seemed to be no other way, There's a God who just made a way. And he made a way through Christ Jesus. 
And so if you said that prayer today, I want to welcome you to the family of God. But I just wish, you know what, some people would get on their feet today. And let's sing about this one who made a way when there was no way. Let's celebrate this Jesus today because he come to make a new way.